The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further, allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Live the life you truly want. Experience the Jenna Effect. I'm Vincent Jenna, psychic therapist, medium, and spiritual teacher. Become unstoppable. Learn the secret that's holding you back. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jenna Effect podcast. I am your psychic therapist, medium, spiritual teacher, and author of the best-selling new book, The Secret That's Holding You Back, available on Amazon.com. There is my commercial for today. It's been a while since I've been here, and I apologize for that. I know you all keep coming back for new material and new insight, and yours truly had wound up coming down with coronavirus. Yes, indeed, I did. And that laid me up for a little bit. But I have to say this, honestly, um, the reason why I had even gotten it, and if you read my book, The Secret That's Holding You Back, I list five major reasons why we manifest unconsciously and sometimes consciously our illnesses. And one of them is suppressing feelings, for sure. Um, And with the release of my new book, which had just come out June 21st of this year, I had created for myself a lot of extra unnecessary stress. And once you start experiencing stress, unless you release it somehow, unless you acknowledge it, you wind up suppressing it and putting it aside. Well, by suppressing your emotions, You wind up suppressing your immune system too. Boom, and I was vulnerable. And so it was 4th of July weekend, actually, that my wife and I and my family, we went out to a local fireworks display outdoors, mind you, because I've been still good by wearing my mask indoors. And there I was outdoors, and I was the only one who wound up getting the coronavirus. And then that Monday on the 4th of July, we all stayed together with my son and his family, my grandchildren, and then friends of my daughter as well, and and her family and my family, and we were all together and I'm hugging and I'm kissing and I'm everything. And I was the only one to still get the coronavirus because my immune system was compromised. So I do have to say this, though, I did not have severe symptoms from it, but it was primarily because my body went into healing mode. And this is when you have to trust your body, because sometimes we include certain symptoms as symptoms when in actuality it's your body trying to defend itself and heal itself. 
So I was completely exhausted. I had absolutely no desire to eat. And all I wanted to do was sleep, which is what I did 18 hours a day for five days. And so that was not a symptom of the coronavirus. That was my body doing everything it could to conserve its energy and fight this virus, which is the reason why I wasn't hungry. My body did not want to expend any extra energy digesting food. Having been a hospice social worker and working with those physical people who are transitioning, that is one of the things that happens. You lose your appetite intentionally because your body doesn't want to exert energy digesting food, especially protein, because those are the hardest things to exert energy on. So it just was pushing away the food and made me sleep so it could do its job. And so I did. But then, of course, I was taking some medication, the Paxlovid, just like the president did. And sure enough, four days later, I mean, I was, you know, totally healed and proved negative uh, on a coronavirus test, feeling great. And then after the four days, Boom, it came back because I didn't allow my body to totally heal it. I tried to supplement the healing process with something that probably I shouldn't have. It probably prolonged it because then I got sick again for another five days and then lingered on a couple of, of weeks after that. So I couldn't do anything, but I wasn't severely ill. I was still able to think, I was still able to formulate, but I really didn't have the energy to do any podcasts or consult with any of my clients. I won't do that. I won't give psychic readings while I'm not feeling well at all. And I just spent my time thinking and going within and assessing and having my conversations with spirit. We had some wonderful conversations, but I'm back and we're doing tremendous work. So I promise I'm going to be doing my a podcast every single week. So please come back. Please hang with me. Because even if I'm not here, when I do come back, the information is so strong, so powerful, you really need to hear it. So I'd love you to come back. And I have got wonderful people working for me now. So my YouTube channel is filling up, as well as my Instagram media page, my Facebook media page, and I'm also going to be having live Facebook events coming up the first one in October. So hang in there because there's tons of information, tons of way of communicating with me. Okay. So I wanted to get that out of the way and just let you know, I'm back. You can't get rid of me. Uh-uh. So what did I want to talk about today uh, with you today? Well, it's really interesting because I listen to life and I listen to those around me to be able to find new material and be inspired on subjects to speak about and to speak on. And it's basically what's going on in the world because obviously that's what I wanna help with. It was very interesting because I heard a speaker just recently talking about, again, going with the flow of life, okay? And that seems to be something that's being taught out there in new thought, in spirituality, in metaphysical worlds today is really being able to go with the flow. And one of the reasons why I have this background besides this outfit also because it's coming to the end of summer and I wanted to get my last days being at the beach, even though because of my illness, I hadn't been able to get to the beach. And that's why I'm kind of pale. 
I'm usually much darker than this. I'm Sicilian. Sicilians get very olive toned when they go out in the sun, right? So I've got the water behind me. So, so let's just talk about going with the flow. And what does that mean? And in this person's talk, this person was talking about how life is here already, that life has been created already. And it's for us to take in and to go with and go with the flow, that it really is unnecessary and actually causes anxiety to try to learn or get to know what we don't know that all we need to know is what's already here and the magnificence of, all, of what's already here. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further, allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24 through 26, at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Well, I found that real interesting talk, especially coming from a, a leader, a leader of, of, of speaking. And I was sitting there and I was going, hmm, I don't think so. I don't think that we're meant to just go with the flow. There's a caveat there that I will be discussing, so hang with me. Going with the flow means that we just come down here and go along with everything that's happening. Or maybe we do some directing because you certainly used the idea of, of going rafting on with rapids and that you have to go with the flow. And I was thinking, it's like, the one thing that when you go water rafting, they give you oars. A matter of fact, however many people are in that raft, each person has an oar. Well, well, why? If you're supposed to just go with the flow, why would you have an oar? And if the rapids are so strong and pulling you along, why would you even need an oar? How about you need an oar to direct the raft in the flow? I don't know if any of you have gone river rafting or if you go rowboating or if you've gone sailing or any kind of boating at all. Have you ever been on a boat without any way of steering it. No. And certainly river rafting, the reason why you need it even more is because life can flow so strong that it can crash you right into the rocks or send you off on a waterfall if you are not directing that raft. And let's talk about the creation of life here. This is the most important thing to understand. You can either have a religious view of it or a spiritual view of it. The religious view tells us that God, spirit, source, created everything. So everything you see, that palm tree you see, that water that you see, all of that and us that you see, the physical body, everything, the air, the clouds, all of that, that source created all of that. And then we just happen to appear here. Well, under that idea and that impression, 
then yes, we're the ones that then have to go along or fit in, shall we say. I don't even like that concept. Now, with the spiritual concept, we were co-creators with spirit and source, that we were created first, and that all life you see here today was co-created with us. And I'll take it one step further than that. Once we incarnate here, and even in between, we continue to co-create. So this really wasn't the original earth that God created. It wasn't even the original universe that God created. The original one, if you know the history of the earth, wound up having a ton of dinosaurs on it. So what was the purpose of creating dinosaurs first, then destroying all the dinosaurs, then creating man, because science has shown that the Neanderthal did not live on the earth at the exact same time as the dinosaurs, because quite honestly, no matter what history channel you're watching or Twilight Zone or sci-fi you've watched, there is no way we would have survived with all those big giant animals on this planet, okay? We didn't come and appear on this planet until thousands of years afterwards, after a comet hit the planet, set it off in an ice age, killed everything on it basically until it, and some of it, some of the stuff it froze. Then as the ice melted, there was all water. And then after the water receded and the land mass is starting to split apart or before, just before that, that's when humankind, as we know it in history, began to exist. Well, why would the God source have to create that portion of life first? Why didn't it just jump to us? Was it thinking it was going to need some fossil fuel in the future? And so it created the dinosaurs and then wiped them out so that we'd have fuel for our automobiles because it knew that's what we were going to create. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. We absolutely had something to do with the creation and formation of this life, of this world, for our existence. Why? Just to go along with the flow? just to enjoy beautiful plants? Why would we need to be here? Why did we need to create plants to start with so that we'd have something to enjoy? Didn't all of this occur so that we can get to experience who we are as divine beings, right? Because remember that analogy I gave you a long time ago about the sun? And thinking God, just as an image, that God is the sun. I'm just, I'm just trying to form an image in your mind and mind's eye about this. Let's say God was the sun. And then the way it thought of creating us was by dividing itself into us. So now that one sun becomes a hundred suns, 
50 suns, a thousand suns. The number doesn't matter. Just envision this. And those suns are still staying together, all those little suns. Would each of the suns have a chance to experience its own light while we stayed together? No, because we were all equal. Therefore, if you take the big sun, divide it into a hundred equal little suns, and stay together in that form, it would still appear like one big giant sun. But the intelligence knew that this wasn't good because then we didn't get a chance to experience ourselves and our own lights. So what it thought and shared with us is what if we have places for you to all go and not necessarily be on top of each other, but to be able to experience your own light and then experience your neighbor's light, your brother's light, your sister's light before there was gender, right? What, wouldn't that be an incredible experience? Remember this was intelligence. The God form was intelligence. And that's a pretty intelligent thought to be able to understand the need for us to experience ourselves before we could even realize that as sons, we still are as powerful and as meaningful as the big son. Because the God force cre can't create anything less than itself. It wouldn't. It couldn't. That would be like saying that parents will create children that are less than them. That doesn't make sense. We wouldn't do that. As a matter of fact, parents on the earth plane hope to create children that will learn to be better than them, right? You hear that all the time. But the God force was already better and was also evolving. It wasn't at its best. That'll be another story, and that's what the story of the Bible and Noah is about, is God evolving, not us evolving, God evolving. So God itself isn't even at its best form. So it does get to experience itself through us at the same time we get to experience ourselves, and as we evolve, it winds up evolving even more so, which is why it's continuous and infinite. So, we help to create this life to come down, to experience ourselves. Now, another thing that I heard in this talk was about knowing, knowing that as humans, we have this insatiable need to know how everything works and to learn about everything. And that every time we discover something new and know something more, we find out how much more we don't know. And that constantly going after what we don't know creates even more of not knowing because even more not knowing comes up and creates tremendous anxiety. And that that's not what you should be doing. Just let go of the knowing and live in what you're experiencing, what you have right now. And I have to disagree with that totally. Because here's what's funny. First of all, first of all, 
There is nothing we don't know. So let me say this. Do you think you would want to know something you know you already don't know? Or would you want to know something that somehow, some way, you know that you can know? Let me say that again. Why would you want to know something you don't know you don't know? You wouldn't know that you didn't know something, right? I mean, there are some things happening in the world or, or that are there that we haven't discovered yet that we don't even know we could know something about it. So why would we be desiring to know something about something we don't know? It's not possible. It doesn't make sense. It even sounds ridiculous as I say it. But you would only be drawn to want to know about something that you know somehow already exists and that you already know about. And you know what that is? That's what we were given upon creation. We were given all knowledge. A matter of fact, that's what the tree of knowledge was all about in the Garden of Eden. That is the symbol. And when the God source said, you can enjoy all the fruits here. Now, now remember, one of the things we don't pay attention to about that story is that it was not a tree with poisonous apples or poisonous fruit, like some of the berries. There are berries and fruit on this planet that exist that we should not be eating. We may be able to use it for color or something like that, but don't ingest it. Otherwise, it's going to kill you. It's poisonous. It's not even medicinal in any way. But here was this incredible apple tree. Why was it written like that? Why was it about something that was tasty that we weren't allowed to have? And do we know for sure in the story, it's never written, that eventually we could have it. All we know the way it was written is that God said, don't eat of that fruit. Maybe we cut off the part where he said, not yet. Well, think about this. Whenever you tell children not to eat something, this God force was intelligent. So in its intelligence, wouldn't it know that if it told a child, which we were at the time, we were children sold that it knew we were children sold that needed to develop, not to do something, wouldn't it already know that that's a temptation to want to do something? Well, it was it was testing our, you know, a discipline to be able to follow God. Well, that is ridiculous. And for any parent who is raising a child who says, here's a fruit, here's some cookies. Matter of fact, what's really funny 
is there was America's Funniest Videos, that television show. One of the videos that was sent in is testing children on their ability to listen when it came to treats. And they took all of these children and they were about, they're all toddlers, basically up to five years old. And they put all these goodies in front of them. And they said, don't eat any of these until I get back. And so then all the parents and the adults would leave the room. And some of them would be really good. But the rest of them, including when there's a brother and a sister or other siblings, one would be sitting there and the other one would be um, looking around. Now, don't you think the parents knew that that was going to happen? Or were they really ignorant in thinking that a child is supposed to have that much self-discipline? So I don't believe that the God force said, don't eat that delicious fruit of that tree over there at all. I think it said, listen, enjoy yourself here, but I know eventually you'll be able to have that fruit over there, but don't have it now. Don't have it now because that may give you stomach ache. Don't have it now. I don't want you to have it. I think it was more like that because the meaning of it was not that we disobey God. All of this stuff about disobeying God that's written in the Bible, that was just man's way of controlling. You're going to get punished if you don't listen. So that way we can pass that understanding down in all forms, in law, in the church rules, okay? Or you're going to go to hell if you don't listen to God's rules. You're going to go to jail if you don't listen to society's rules. You're going to fail all over the place. If you don't go to school and do good, you're going to fail. So it was always this understanding and this idea of discipline to tell us you're going to get punished if you don't do something right and you don't listen. Well, that was all nonsense way to be able to raise us. And I certainly don't believe that the God force would do that too, even though it was evolving itself and had its own feelings. I still don't believe that. I believe that that tree of knowledge that was sweet is knowing, tree of knowledge, knowing, and that all that knowing was already inside of us. So it had nothing to do with something external and an actual tree and a fruit, and that we had to be disciplined. The idea was don't open the door to all that you know. Not yet. Let a little at a time. Remember, the way the creation story goes then is that Adam would begin to see an animal and would know what that animal was and then name it. Not just name it and then figure out what it was, but it expressly says that Adam knew this was his intuition. This was the knowledge that we were given from the beginning. So that means there was a part of us that knew we knew. Okay. When we started, and Eve actually represents intuition, the divine feminine, which is in your right brain, and that's intuition. The left brain, which is what Adam represents, is intellect, reasoning, thinking, and courageousness. So, the intuitive side of life 
this form on the earth, this new form on the earth, was saying, I know, I know more than what I know consciously. So there's two levels of knowing. The innate knowing, the intuitive innate knowing that God's source implanted in us upon our creation, and then conscious knowing. So the intuition realized consciously that I know unconsciously. I wonder how much more I know unconsciously in that 95 to 98% of the unconscious mind that I write about and talk about all the time. And because it was so important for us to figure that out, that's when we started to become overwhelmed. That's when we ate of the fruit, the fruit of knowing, the fruit of all we knew. Okay. And so it just kept coming up to the surface and we're these young souls and spirits not understanding. And all of a sudden we started experiencing not only joy and happiness and bliss and excitement and thrilling. Then we started to experience sadness and grief and shame and all of this other anger, resentment, rage, and that started overwhelming us and we didn't know how to control it. And that's what caused us, not that God kicked us out of the Garden of Eden. We kicked ourselves out of that harmonious life because we opened up too much. Okay, so let's now jump to here and jump to this person's talk about knowing. It's not that every time we learn something new, we find out there's so much more that we don't know. That's not true. Every time we learn something new, we realize there's more in there that we already know and that we want to bring it up to the surface. And again, just like in the Garden of Eden, which is the temptation, and that temptation and that story lives with us in each time period from lifetime to lifetime. It wasn't from just back then, it's today. And it's the exact same representation. In other words, every time you need to know everything about what you know, you're going to cause yourself to lose harmony, peace, and the Garden of Eden. And everything gets thrown out of balance and out of whack. So look at the planet today. Yes. Anxiety and stress is created because of your insatiable need to know more than you already know right now. Everybody who talks about the here and now, whether it be Eckhart Tolle, whether it was Jesus, whether it was anybody, John Kabat-Zinn, who talks about mindfulness and only paying attention to the here and now, what they're really talking about is stop needing to know more than you need to know to live right today, to make the choices today. 
because every time you're sitting here and you want to know, now knowing comes in all different forms, right? I need to know that I can win. And I, all right, so I won this. Now I need to know I can win even more tomorrow. And I want to know I can win more. Or I need to know I can get my dream. And now that I've gotten this dream, I need to know I can get more dreams. You know what? Take a dream at a time. Take one knowing at a time. But you will never get rid of the desire to know. That's number one. Stop trying to fight that and stop thinking you have to get rid of it and go with the flow. The flow is what you create. And here's the funny thing about that. There is no more flow to life than what you create on a daily basis. Flow and life gets created every single day. Your perception creates your reality. Everything you see in the world, the only thing that's happening that seems to be happening by itself is the wind blowing, the clouds moving. See the palm tree behind me that's going. See the waves. That even seems to be controlled by itself. So go with that. But nobody is realizing that as souls, we're creating all of this. We're creating the extra movement. Because if you don't believe me, Look at all the storms and the way the environment and, and the weather, haven't they been saying the weather is different? It's not the same. The earth is moving faster now. All of that is changing. What's changing it? It's not natural. It's us. We are that powerful and we are co-creators. And we not only change everything in our lives on a daily basis, we're changing everything on this planet on a daily basis. So it is not our job to go with the flow. But do you know what your job is? To create the better flow. To create a harmonious flow. A peaceful flow. A calm flow. And we can learn to do that. In your own bodies, you control the flow of your cells, don't you? Your brain does that. Your brain does that. And what controls your brain? Your thoughts. Now, you're saying, wait a minute, Vince. If you just let go of those thoughts and allow the body to act on its own, it'll be fine. We even control the unconscious mind without knowing we're controlling it. We control the unconscious body without knowing we control it. The soul has allowed that. The soul has fueled the body. Take the soul out of the body, the body no longer exists. Yes, when the body, it's time for the body to go, the soul still exists and moves on. But if the soul wants out of here, guess what? Your body is going to be gone. That's why you see people dying left and right all over the place. Aneurysms, the slightest little thing. They don't wake up in the morning. That's the soul wanting to leave. And now no longer does the body exist. So guess what? Aren't we then still controlling the flow? You have to learn to go along with the goodness of what you're creating rather than fighting it. And that is the difference between the soul's mind 
and the human conscious mind. And that is why my book is so necessary because that's what it's all about is learning how to let the inner guidance control us. But it's still all about control. It's still all about letting the soul take over. So don't get the wrong idea. God and source and spirit, Yahweh, Elohim, whatever you want to call it, is not controlling this journey at all. It has given us the power to control the journey. And it reminds us every day that we're in control, but it is not controlling it. Jesus, by the way, will not take the wheel. Sorry, Carrie Underwood. No matter how much you sing that song and pray for Jesus to take over, what Jesus will tell you, you can take over. You have the ability to take over. As a matter of fact, Jesus never healed a soul. No, he didn't. And he said that. He helped you to believe that you could be healed. And then your belief is what allowed you to heal. That's what he told everybody. What did he say? It's your faith that have healed you. Why didn't he just, if he wanted everybody to think, yes, I'm the one who's healing you. Because he needed to remind you that we're individually in control 100% of our own lives. Yes, a bird neither sows nor reaps. And yet it is fed. And if God feeds the lowest of creatures, wouldn't God then feed the highest of creatures? And in our lowest of layness in spirituality, that made us believe that God is doing all of the feeding. But what Jesus kept trying to say and follow up with, well, God and I are one. You and God are one. Therefore... A bird neither sows nor reaps, and the God force is feeding it, then you as the God force will feed yourself. That's what Jesus kept trying to say. There was nothing outside of you that controlled your life except you. There was nothing outside of you that manifested and controlled your life. And it's so important for us to understand this and know this. Because it's getting too confusing. People don't know what the heck to do anymore. Go with the flow, throw my arms up, pray real loud to God. But haven't they been doing that for an eternity? And nothing has changed. And, and, the, and I know Source is sitting up there going, oh, Lord, oh, me. Are they ever going to get it? No, not if these messages keep getting spread. Don't ever go water rafting if you don't have your oars and you don't know how to steer that craft. Because I can tell you right now, you're going to crash. 
Don't ever get in a plane and depend on the force of aerodynamics unless you plan on steering that plane and controlling the throttle and the speed of that plane. Don't get into a car. Oh, yes. Oh, no, you're going to correct me now. Because Nikola Tesla and all of those wonderful people, right, created now a self-steering and a self-driving car. And who is still controlling the self-driving car? We are. We're the ones that programmed it. And we'll find problems with that because I'm telling you right now, there is no way to go with the flow without our intervention, not even in the car. Eventually, we'll find out that that's not going to work because a computer cannot think the same way a human thinks. It will never happen that way. And if we've created something that allows that to happen, then we'll never grow anymore or evolve anymore than, than because we're the ones that are supposed to be making the choices. That's the whole point of evolving and growing is to learn what you already know. So yes, you're always gonna have the desire to know more. However, this I wrote this down just to make sure that I would say it right. We don't need to know all there is to know. We don't need to know all there is to know, especially all at once. We just have to believe we'll know it in time and when we need to know. That's the difference. So it's not that there's, we're going to stop the knowing. We have to start to believe that what it is inside of us that there is to know, we'll know it at the right time. Have faith. That's what faith is, is knowing that we'll know at the right time and when we need to know. Before that, we don't have to look ahead. It's not about tomorrow, time-wise. Remember, there is no such thing as time. So therefore, all of this understanding about don't look to tomorrow it's not a correct understanding because it's not the right way to say it. Tomorrow is all about knowing. Don't look to knowing what's going to happen tomorrow. It's one of the reasons why we don't always need to go to a fortune teller or to a psychic to know what's going to happen tomorrow because we're going to create something different anyway. You don't always need to know what's going to happen. You don't always need to know all the information. Not yet. It'll come to you in the right time. And I believe that that's what divine timing is about. I don't believe divine timing is that the universe is going to wait to provide you with your dreams at the best moment in time. No, 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 no. I don't believe that. I believe you can create your dreams, but the caveat is, is it the best time to know that you created and fulfilled your dream? It's all about knowing. Is it the best time to know? Will you appreciate it enough? Will you absorb it enough? Will it help you believe in yourself enough? Are you ready to believe in yourself enough? How many people have achieved a dream and then you come to hear that it's not enough? 
and that they need to achieve more. So therefore, they really weren't ready to experience their dream yet. But maybe it should have taken a little bit longer so that by the time they reached it, they would appreciate it. So you have to do your core work now in believing in yourself. Use what you know now. We know about the law of attraction. We know that we can manifest all we want. Let's work on that because that truly is the primary stuff that we're supposed to be paying attention to right now. Because if you can't learn how to manifest, then you can't learn how to go above that. Because manifesting is showing you your own internal divine power. And it's all about believing. And if you can't get past believing in yourself, and believing you deserve what you want, and then creating it, if you can't even get beyond that, if you can't get beyond creating the better job for yourself, or the better relationship for yourself, or the better health for yourself, or the better financial state for yourself, then why should we advance to a higher level when you don't even have that much under control? So that's what knowing is about knowing who you are as a divine being. We don't want to know any more than what we can handle. And if it does go beyond this physical realm, and we always talk about you're hearing all of these metaphysical, the fifth dimension and higher consciousness and knowing how to astro project and all of this nonsensical stuff. Everybody wants to know everything. And that's why they're getting in trouble. And there's the tree of knowledge. And that's why we lose the garden of Eden. And that's why the planet is suffering because everybody wants to know more than they can possibly handle. And it has nothing to do with knowing how to make an iPhone nothing to do with that knowing how this technology technology knowing is the way we've been putting our thoughts because we just know that there's other stuff to know so maybe it's in about a computer if i make a computer and i make a nice little thin keyboard and everything like that that means i know but that's not enough because we know that there's more let's work on the spiritual knowing not the physical knowing and the spiritual knowing is about learning how to manifest your life the way you want. And you will never learn how to manifest your life the way you want when you keep hanging on to your old beliefs. And that takes me full circle right back to the beginning and the core work and why I even wrote my book to start with, The Secret That's Holding You Back. It's about the deep down psyche work that we need to do to learn more about ourselves so we know ourselves better that's right it's all about knowing ourselves better no don't go with the flow of life create your flow and then go with that that's what you're meant to do create your own flow because that's interesting because even though we want to think that everybody's going to flow the same way through life, they don't. Let's stop using analogies like boats and rafts and planes and crafts, because they all seem to go at the same time, right? 
a big giant party boat. We all get on a big giant party boat and we all flow at the same time. But that's not what happens in reality. In reality, we flow as so slow or as fast as we want to. And there is no speed you're supposed to be going. That's why there is no natural flow to life. Only what you choose to create. And we create it daily. Now that could be controversial and contradicting to what so many people say and to the new spiritual understanding. Go with the flow of life. That's all I keep hearing lately, the flow of life. And then everybody's wondering, how do I get on that boat? How do I get on that ship? And whenever you're on somebody else's ship, don't you have a chance of getting caught up in their wreck? So doesn't it make sense then to know you create your own flow through life? All right, that's something to chew on. And I know that that's really deep, but this is the Jenna effect. It's supposed to be deep. Welcome back to the Jenna effect. Keep coming back, listen to more, and I'll keep helping you learn how to create the flow of your own life. In the meantime, go out and get my book, The Secret That's Holding You Back. It's now coming out in audible form, audio, the digital version, so that you can hear yours truly reading it. It's um, going to be released September 6th, but you can pre-order it also on Am Amazon and audible.com. So go get this book. Go read the reviews. It's unbelievable the effect that is having. It's, I am just so thrilled and amazed that this information that people have been using has been affecting their lives so much already. If you get the book, and even before you get the book, come join my group on Facebook. It's called The Secret That's Holding You Back. Just search it on Facebook. And you can join and listen to what people are saying. There's such beautiful reports. I can't do them justice. You have to read them. And then read some of the reviews. You can read all of the reviews. I've gotten unbelievable five-star reviews on my Facebook page on um, Amazon.com. So go do that. Do the work. This isn't about a book I'm trying to sell. This is about a transformation I'm trying to get to you. A transformation for your life so that you can create the flow you want and then enjoy living in it. That's going with the flow. Thank you very much for joining me. I'll see you again next week. Bye-bye, everybody. I'm Michelle Phillips, a celebrity makeup artist, beauty expert, self-confidence coach, and Hay House author. My podcast, Beauty and Beyond, is the place for women navigating the challenges of the aging process. Listen in for my professional advice, as well as my expert guests, as we share valuable tips, practical tools, and empowering resources to help you not only look amazing, but also live an amazing life part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and available wherever you get your podcasts.